Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This Chicken Nick Show episode is brought to you by our new friends at Ward Labs. They are one of the best. For accurate and timely soil test results, trust the experts at Ward Laboratories. Like the black shirts of 09010, defend your profit margins against high input costs with valuable soil test results. You can submit a soil sample to them. You'll get a complete report of test results, help you understand your soil's current health, and they'll cover crop and fertilizer recommendations to improve soil fertility and crop yields. Check them out at wardlab.com. Ward Laboratories, the best new sponsor of the Chicken Nick Show. This Chicken Nick podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, FNBO. FNBO offering new Husker Visa debit cards. A few options to choose from. And as a Husker fan card holder, you're automatically entered to win VIP experiences, tickets, and behind-the-scenes opportunities to Husker sporting events. Open a checking account, free checking, no monthly service fee, no minimum deposit. They've been around for more than 160 years. It's FNBO. Visit FNBO.com slash Nick for more info. FNBO, member FDIC. Two more kneel downs, and Purdue will win their second straight game at Memorial Stadium and hand Nebraska their sixth loss of the year. Oh, dear God. No more appropriate way to open up the pod. Full disclosure, Nick Ball and I looking at each other on a Sunday morning for the first time. Recording, holding our beanery coffees. Look at us. Look at us. Look at us. Absolutely delish. So get ready for a, uh, I don't want to call it a crunk episode because certainly it's subdued given the current state of affairs with Nebraska football. So I don't know what to think. I don't don't know. I don't know how today is going to go, you know? Could go a number of ways. It is Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween right back at you, my By friend. By the way. You have 57 kid. kids, 58. What are, Tell you what. I don't Halloween know. You have is- like, like I don't know, like 644 kids, something like that. Yeah. I mean, fans, obviously it's been, I think, whatever, 644 days or something like that exactly. But Yep, that's about right. Uh, Halloween is closing in on Christmas as most expensive holidays. Oh, you'd like to uh, be what again? Oh. Right. Interesting. And you're going to wear this how many times? Maybe one hour, you're, not even a full day. Or, or, luckily, we didn't go purchase a bunch of things, but Mava audibled right at, she was going to be a cowgirl, and then she got, she she sniffed out a blitz, and she audibled right <laughs> before the snap. Now she's sleeping beauty, but luckily we didn't go out and purchase any cowgirl stuff, because... Yeah, it's not good. It's uh, it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting dilemma when you when you have little ones with with Halloween and getting them to decide what they want to be, and then I don't know about like whatever they their first costume that they throw out there like in September. Just wait. I would I recommend just 
give it like, okay, cool. Like you, I know you want to get on top of it, but the things could change. Hey, they throw out Halloween ideas like in January. You know what I want to be for Halloween? Yeah. And I just start laughing. I bet you do. Yeah. Yeah. I know you want to be Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I know. They just played in the Super Bowl. Just wait. They might have a bad year, right? They Patrick might, Mahomes, might no way. It's like, yeah. oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. All right. There's, By the way, have you ever well, done the Jimmy Kimmel, my kids, or I stole my kids, ate my I, kids Halloween candy? I, I, I haven't done that yet, but I could see myself doing it. Yeah, you I seem like that would be right up your alley. But, I mean. Cruel. Your Christie alley. I mean, it's uh. That's a bad one. That's a really That's bad terrible. stretch there. That was terrible. Bo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Bo! Yeah, all right. Is that a good one? Is that a good one? Anyone? Yes! All right, fine. All right, do we want to do the typical, like, cut back? Give me your, uh, give me your top three power rankings. Halloween candy. Where you where you going? Are you more of a sweet guy? You a chocolate guy? You what do you like? Nine five one nine five one sixty twenty eight seven seven nine five one sixty twenty. Give us your top three Halloween candies in honor of Mike Leach giving a sixty second serenade and soliloquy on candy corn. Uh, we have nothing else to discuss, so please nine five one sixty twenty. Uh, let's go to Bob here on line two. Bob, uh, rank your candies for us here on Sports Talk Radio, Bob. Yeah, you know. Uh... Uh, disagree with Leach there on uh, candy corn. Uh, I think candy corn is really, really good. Uh, give me, give me candy corn at three, candy corn at two, candy corn at one. All right, Bob. Thank you very much. Appreciate everything that you've said about candy corn. Let's go to Alicia on line two nine five one sixteen twenty eight seven seven nine five one sixteen twenty. Alicia, what is your favorite candy? Power rank them three to one, if you would, here on this sports talk radio show. Alicia. Yeah, you know it's it's really. I gotta say, bite size Snickers three, baby Ruth two, and number one, can I go sprees? No, you can't go sprees. You can't go sprees. <laughs> can I go sprees? <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, line two where Greg is uh, is on the line. It's pretty simple. I like hot tamales at one, hot tamales at two, hot tamales at three. So tamale. Tamales gonna win the Halloween power rankings. By the way, in post, uh, I did. I am going to make those sound like phone calls. If you're listening, you're like, "Hey, how, did they did they do that ahead of time?" No, that was live. But I no. just uh, changed. Look at you, the, the power of, of radio. This, this they is, sound like. By the uh, way, phone calls speaking there. of of Mr. Greg Sharp, so yesterday, no. your boy, your boy no. watched no. the first. You know, I watched the first half at home. Then I watched the the first couple drives of the third quarter, but then I had to hop in my car and head to the Creighton exhibition game. So I pretty much listened to the entire fourth quarter to our our homies, our brothers from another mother, Greg Sharp and huge call, Greg, huge call, and Matt Davis. I mean, I was on I-80 driving just feeling Matt Davis and just die inside for an entire quarter. It was, it was oh, insane. boy. It was that good. Oh, boy. I felt his pain. I felt Is it. There, isn't it great, though, listening to them – they're feeling what you're feeling, and they're just conveying what you're feeling. They're they're verbalizing your emotion. It was perfect. So that, you know, I, I got up this morning, and I was like, I gotta I gotta re I gotta watch the fourth quarter. Obviously, I listened to it, but I gotta watch it. And they, you talk about they nailed it. Like every everything about it, there wasn't anything like, oh, that's what. Oh, I didn't get a sense of that. Or they nailed it, dude. I mean, they totally nailed it. Did, did Greg Sharp say, well, "I'm fed up"? This is big red football. Did he, he sign it. off like that? He thought about it when, when, when Adrian Martinez overthrew Samari Ture for an interception. He was like, "I'm fed up." 
Brass, you're not going to a bull game. <laughs> I'm fed up. This is Big Red Football. <laughs> Nebraska's not going. <laughs> There's, is there anything more sad than having to do the play-by-play of Purdue kneel downs Ooh. in Memorial Stadium? You heard that in the open. Oh my, that hurts. Goodness. That'll Just hurt the old heart. Punch yourself in the face. And some of the scenes, because my my dad was at the game and he was texting me. And, oh my goodness! And, but some of the scenes from the wide shots on on ESPN two of the of the the stadium towards the end of the game, not not ideal. Not what ideal, is, Greg. Not ideal, Greg. Greg, this isn't good, Greg. Oh, boy, Greg Sharp. Oh, boy, Greg Sharp. Uh, <laughs> what did we say about a month ago here? Uh, said Memorial Stadium always tells the story. Yeah, it does. Right? The stadium tells the story. It really does. And uh, I just I cannot believe... With Scott Frost as the head coach, that in a fourth quarter there were the there was a mass exodus with about ten minutes left. I mean, there was not very many people left in the stadium for a for a big game, and there were boo birds. I mean, there were How boo come birds called birds. I don't know. I just go with that. People tell me they're birds. I'm gonna go with birds. But is it because it rhymes with bluebirds, yeah. so they call them boo birds? Because birds have have birds ever booed? No, they do. They do. I mean, they make noise, but it's not even close to booing, right? <laughs> like, ooh, these fans are upset. The birds are out today. <laughs> Snap back. Martinez is going to look over to Ray. Overthrown. It is picked off. My goodness, the third interception from Adrian Martinez. And listen to these Husker fans. Stadium full of birds. This is what this podcast is. We will stop at a phrase that just you you just have to examine it and then we'll sit in it for a minute. Yeah. Have fun of that. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) And then move on. Um, how many fans do you think were there at the end? Like six hundred and forty four or something? Yeah. I mean, fans, obviously it's been, I think, whatever, six hundred and forty four days or something like that exactly, but give or take. Give or take, that's about what it was, I would say. Nick Hendrich has a good feel for that. Just big numbers, just spitballing it. You know what I'm saying, brother? I tell you, by the way, I put out my uh, what I think the re- the committee will do on Tuesday, and I just put out the rankings. And, and as it's like Game of Thrones with the sword coming out oh, and the yeah. horses yeah, coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jon Snow? Yeah. Like, I forget how much people care when I put this out there. It's like, my God. Goodness, right. man! Like, who cares? Well, I guess I cared enough to put it out there, to but it wasn't to get any sort of reaction. But man, did I get ratioed on that? My yeah. Goodness. Well, I mean, especially because it's like, who cares? I mean, I get that it matters. I guess where you start, because if you start too far back, it's hard. But first of all, you're not on the committee. I mean, that's that's number one. <laughs> what newsflash? But I mean, it's there's so much. I mean, the amount of times I. I there needs to be a, a an examination of of some of the most laughable first. Like, was it in 2016? If I'm not mistaken, was it Mike Riley's Nebraska Cornhuskers in like the college football play? They were they would have been about seven and zero. I really think in 2016, the first college football playoff rankings. I bet Nebraska mm. was in the top ten. 
They might have been. They were seven and zero. Oh. They, they were they before they would have went to Wisconsin and lost in overtime, and then they got their fannies waxed. In yeah, Columbus they were tenth. You're there right. You go. So I mean, come on, man. Like they were they were six and one okay. in 2016. It says you're six and one Cornhuskers. I, I'm seeing this on a website. Debut in the college football playoff top 25 countdown with a number 10 ranking. See, I mean, so it's like in the in the immortal words of Mitch Sherman, calm down. Calm down. Absolutely hey. need to calm down. I get the head to head with Ohio State and Oregon, and I, I I get that. And people say, well, you know, they beat them. Oregon beat Ohio State, so Oregon should be above Ohio State. So I always go, okay, let's logically take that out. What if Oregon had lost to Rice? Right. And that was their one loss. Well, and the counter that I'm getting back is, well, then that makes Ohio State's loss to Oregon even worse. Like, well, all right, the transitive property thing, if that's the way we want to play it. But again, if the committee has Oregon above Ohio State, I'm totally fine with that. I think head-to-head should matter. Uh, but it's also about how you're playing right now. Man, Ohio State didn't play great, but played okay. I mean, they escaped. I get it. I mean, they haven't played anybody, but... It's just hard to hard to go against Ohio State. How right? about just, the way that the stars are aligning? Speaking of Ohio State, I always go back to Nebraska. How about the way the stars are lining up for Nebraska? The Chicken Nick Show here with a timeout from our award-winning podcast and show to tell you about Ward Laboratories. They are a full-service agricultural testing laboratory headquartered in one of my favorite towns in all of America, a place I used to work and a place I still call home. Kearney, Nebraska. Uh, They serve their local community and growing clientele of global producers. Founded in 1983 with the goal of providing quality analytical results so customers can make informed decisions about their operations. Uh, All right. This is great. And this is all fine and and good. And we can do this read for wardlab.com, which we're so thrilled they are on board. Uh, but I think there's a better way to do this. And, in fact, they have requested this. I don't think they wanted me to just read it like that. Uh, Nick, would you mind doing what uh, they have requested or okay. at least yeah. asked you yeah. Yeah. to do? Okay. And I think, I mean, I think you're the only one who could do this. So take it away. This okay. is what they would like for the Ward Lab read. Please. Okay, here we go. October 31st, still plenty of time left to go in the season, Matt. The producer delivers the samples back to Login. Login makes his checks, shovels the samples to grinding. Grinding processes the samples, laterals to scooping. Scooping takes one big scoop, taps three times, extracts, shakes, filters, hand delivers to the lab. It's on the instrument. Data is being collected. It's uploaded to the reviewer for a check and double check. Results are being sent to the customer, and it's a touchdown. It's a touchdown. It's a touchdown of information from the Ward Labs teams to the growers and producers all over Nebraska. Yes. Huge call, Greg. Huge call. The ag testing specialists at Ward Labs always deliver the most accurate and timely testing results to their customers. Yes. All right. Couldn't have said it any better myself. WardLab.com. Ward Laboratories. Hometown roots. Worldwide growth. Like Ohio State. Sometimes it's not just if you play a team, it's when you play a team. And whether or not they're clicking, whether they're struggling, or they're you know, someone's hurt or whatever, but you look at their next two opponents. Now, granted, there's a, a Kathy in between those two. <laughs> I think a, instead of bye weeks, they should just be Kathy's from now on. Enjoy Thanks. your bye. What if we just called them Kathy's? When's Nebraska's Kathy? Uh, they got one Kathy in October. They'll have another Kathy in, uh, you know, typically where they have it in November. So just kind of have... 
Oh, man. I just want to hear a coach be like, yo, we really need a Kathy right now, mentally, physically. We got a lot of things we got to heal up. You know, we could use, a, you know, the where where they scheduled our Kathy's is not doing us anything. Enjoy Thank your bye. You know, where they scheduled our Kathy this year. Uh, frankly, you know, we had the, we thought we were going to go to Ireland to play Illinois, and that's why we had a Kathy after Ireland. Bye. We call it a Kathy Ireland. <laughs> a Kathy Ireland. Oh, no way. Oh, God. Enjoy your bye. Oh, my lordy calordy. Wowzers. All right. So you're right about Ohio State. And then Wisconsin. Wisconsin's finally figuring it out. So, I I, mean, you you got a team that's booming. Last last week I said we're going to be sitting here. I tweeted we're going to be sitting here at the end of the year wondering how Wisconsin won the West. Right. Because they figured it out. Yeah. They figured out who they want to be. Right? They want to be Wisconsin. Yeah. I know. It's it's. It's not good. I mean, right. it's, it's not good. All right. Uh, so we can talk about the game. There's no real rhyme or reason. I think the biggest question now for Nebraska moving forward is how's this Logan Smothers kit? Hey. No, just kidding. Sort of. So, I mean, just the Gosh. vibe there just has to be. It's not good. Just so depressing, right? Like you're not even at you're not even in November, no. and you've been eliminated from everything, and all of the goals are done. It's I, just it's over. I know. I, I mean, it feels like, and I hate to go there, but I mean, it's it's the reality of the vibe, at least in the moment. It that 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 Purdue game, that loss, and how that second half unfolded felt, and you, and you saw it in the columns, whether it's Chattel or Sip or or Dirk. Uh, Mitch, Mitch, even as well. Uh, it the the pointing to that had a lot of 2007 Oklahoma State vibes to it, a lot of 2017 Iowa vibes to it, which is another way of saying it felt like the beginning of the end. And it's just amazing to say out loud. I really, I really think Trev Alberts has no desire to make a change. Like I think he does not he he does not want to make a change. But the 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 looming elephant in the room as the losses kept mounting at the at this season was how this season finished from a scheduling standpoint and you felt like this was a a game that Nebraska had to win, or they were going to be potentially staring down the barrel of of not winning another game and going three and nine. And if you go three and nine in year four, I, I just it's almost like it. You have no no choice if you're Trev Alberts. But were to, you about to say I Tashara? was, but it just didn't feel appropriate because right. I'm having a somber conversation. Right? I get you. I get you. You know, I mean, it's like a power of attorney being like, and your grandfather said it was your Tishard choice on what you want to do at the lake house. (laughs) His words, not mine. His words, not mine. Just relaying it. Would you like the electric chair or the injection? It's your Tishard. (laughs) Okay, but yeah, yada, yada, yada. Trev probably going to have to make a move. They lose out, which I don't know, man. It's just, it's, I mean, is that how you feel? That's what it. That's what it. It. It kind of. It. It feels like the beginning of the end, which is just 
sad, frustrating. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally lost because even you watch, you watch what Michigan State did yesterday. You're watching that Michigan State Michigan game, and it makes it all makes makes the the current situation for Nebraska all that more perplexing. Because you're watching that Michigan State Michigan game, you're like, man, these are two good teams, man. These are two good teams duking it out. And you're watching Kenneth Walker rush for almost two hundred against a, a pretty stout Michigan team, and you think Nebraska shut him down, and that doesn't even I, it like completely shut the dude down. And he might, he could potentially be in the, you know, hoist the Heisman Trophy. And Nebraska dominated that team and dominated him, and yet they are three and six, and potentially going to have to make a coaching change at the end of the season. It's just, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. It really is. Mel Tucker is who Nebraska fans thought Scott Frost would be. Mm-hmm. Right? Come on board. Suffered through a year. By year two, even Frost said, remember, he raised the expectations very early. He said, get us now. We'll be ready. Year two, you thought, I mean, not top 10, not top 20, but seeing signs, right? Seeing signs of, of a turnaround. And by year four, I mean, even the national guy, Bruce Feldman, was saying, hey, four or five years, this team's going to be competing for championships and, and to be struggling to become bowl eligible and needing to win out your final three games to do that in year four. I just I can't contemplate what Trev Alberts is thinking right now, knowing that it's like it's like a you know the dad on the cross country trip where you know you've got to make good time, and you your your kids are fighting in the back, and you say, "Don't make me pull this van over. <laughs> we got to go here. Don't make me do this, right? Because it's really punishing everyone. Don't yes. make me do this. Exactly. We're going to be late." You might get beaten. Don't make me do right. this, right? And it's Trev. Don't make me have to do this, right? Right? Because, like you said, at some point there is no other to shard. Yes, that's exactly um, right. Through this, and you know, we talk about the stands and the fans telling the story and all that. People will bring up the money, right? For this, and I hate to go down this road already, but people will bring up the money about the buyout. And they'll say, can you afford to do this? And the answer to that question is another question, which is, can you afford not to do it? Because it's one thing to say, okay, let's just ride this out, give it another year and see if it gets better. But it's like when you draft the bad quarterback in the NFL, it hurts you for three or four years because you invest so much in it. You know, with recruiting classes and all that, you can't recruit to this right now. No. You can't attract good talent. And the talent you are attracting, you haven't developed. So what do you have, and how do you deal with it when you have a fan base that is apathetic about the one thing they care the most about? And that's really the crux of this whole thing. Fans are becoming apathetic, or if they haven't already. And if I'm a high school football player, I don't want to be a part of this. No. So what's the answer? Catching lightning in a bottle? Who's the next quarterback? Quarterback covers up a multitude of deficiencies. Who's the guy, right? What are the signs that give you an indication next year is going to be better? And it's been said before, and it should be said, whatever should be done eventually needs to be done immediately. And so I get why a Matt Wells gets fired at Texas Tech. Look, it's not working. We need to move on. 
It's not great for the players, but they just get it done. Clay Helton at SC. All right, we just need to move on. When does that happen with Frost? Does it happen with Frost? Does it happen at the end of this season? And if not, what signs do you have that you won't do it next year? Right. That's exa- You're right. I mean, because that's the thing that on a variety of fronts, not only, you know, you talk what signs are there that, that, that this is going to change or that it's going to get better. Not only do you have the tangible results on the field don't indicate that, but then I thought Mitch Sherman made a great point on my podcast and kind of when you look at the roster situation and you peek forward, it's, you know, you could you could be kind of pseudo, not rebuilding, but taking a step back on both sides of the football. You could be losing all of your kind of top dudes on both sides and that makes it concerning. But you, you know, the whole line of Trev, you know, hey, don't make me do this. That's such a perfect way to put it because... He's so much different than Sean Eichhorst or or Bill Moose, where you felt like those guys wanted wanted to make a change. Obviously, I mean, in a lot of ways, Bill Smooth was hired to fire Mike Riley, right? But you know, just knowing Trev, knowing his background, and then even knowing what he said, there was a very interesting story in ESPN from uh, Andrea Adelson a couple of weeks ago that certainly all those quotes sounded like a guy that was totally in Scott Frost's corner. But at this point, Trev's got to be like, Scott, you got to, you give me any, you just got to give me something and you're back. Just give me something and you are back. And at this point, a three and nine season is giving, is giving Trev nothing. It's giving him nothing to even try to justify it. Win two of your next three, maybe you have a conversation, yeah. right? I mean, there's there's a sign there because of what's down the pike. Like, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Iowa, can you win two of those three? Because that would include one decent win, although how good's Iowa? I, I don't know. We said this time and again that, and I think someone referenced it in a tweet during the game uh, to me or to the show, referencing what I've said before, which is it shouldn't be this hard. Anyone telling you this job, this job is a difficult job, but it's not this hard. It shouldn't be this hard because you go down the list of coaches that have gone in and made changes within the first couple of years, whether it's in recruiting, player development, or on-field success. You can look at Brian Harson at Auburn. Mm-hmm. Pat Narduzzi has taken a few years, and his program's okay there at Pitt. You know, Dave Clawson at Wake Forest what he has been able to do with that offense and getting them into the top 15. Wake Forest is in the top 15. Uh, Mark Stoops has done a terrific job with Kentucky, albeit they just picked up their second loss to Mississippi State, but they were in the top 15. Mel Tucker at Michigan State, Luke Fickle at Cincinnati, Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Again, another team that lost. I'm not bringing up terrific examples here, but there are are coaches – that have stumbled into good seasons or have, by some combined force, their talent, transfer portal, whatever, have turned things around, you know, really, really quickly. And um, it shouldn't take this long. It shouldn't be this hard. And it's not incredibly complicated. A good coach and a good coaching staff can do so much for players. And really, it starts from the neck up. Like, how are you coaching? How, how are they feeling? What's their confidence level? I mean, all these kids are good players. They're the good players. You shouldn't be losing like, like you were to Purdue. And Jeff Brown's a great example. 
Dan Wolken, I don't, you can feel certain ways about Dan Wolken. He writes some good things, and he makes you think about some certain things. Sometimes he's politically motivated in some other ways on Twitter, and that's mm-hmm. fine during this COVID year. But he said this thing the other day, yesterday, and it made me think. He said, if you switch the coaching staffs with Purdue and Nebraska, I think his comment was, Nebraska would be winning the division or competing for the division title three out of every four years or something like that. No. And you're like, ah, that's kind of like, you know, so you never know. It's kind of hypothetical. But then you look, you go, gosh, Jeff Brom's, I mean, pretty good coach. I mean, for what he's got, I mean, he gets them to compete. He gets them to win. They go into Iowa and win. They go into Nebraska and win. They're, they're probably going to get bowl eligible. And so those are the kind of things that just make you go, how, how does this happen? Right. How does this happen? And to sit here and say, to make a statement, I was thinking about it this morning, that when it comes to Nebraska in the last 15 years, like Bill Callahan is a better coach than Scott Frost. Mm-hmm. And, I don't th- and I don't think you can argue that, right, in no. terms of what he'd accomplished, the recruiting, some development, Joe Gans, like being able to get players to perform at a decent level. But similarly, there were games or instances where you go, oh, you just couldn't get that one win. Right, whether it was Texas and Terrence Nunn dropping the ball, like Keevan Smith against Texas Tech, like there are moments where you go, "Are you kidding me?" Like you can't get over that hump. Scott Frost just can't get a winning season, and that's just—it's just all puzzling. I just still go back to, and yesterday was the, the another example of it, and we've talked about this before. It still is just amazing that if this thing continues to go down the path that it, it's going, and and Scott Frost gets let go, just how. It's been the offense. It's been Scott Frost's offense that has just been the issue. I mean, even yesterday, listen, has have the black shirts come back down to earth a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. But, man, Schick, they get no effing help from their offense. Mm-hmm. None. The black shirts did enough. At Minnesota, gave Nebraska's offense every opportunity in the world to win that game in the second half, and the offense couldn't do it. Even yesterday, where you look at the total play number discrepancy, the time of possession discrepancy, you look at, the obviously, the turnover situation. You look at the fact that, that Martinez threw a pick six. Even in spite of all of that, Purdue, they, they still gave the offense numerous opportunities to... Just be, just, just go be okay, and you'll win this game. Don't be terrible. And so I guess that's the thing that is still just as perplexing as anything else. You obviously have no guarantees that a, a coaching staff is going to work, but the man, I, the one thing that I never in a million years would have thought would have potentially doomed Scott Frost is his offense. I mean, the, the off, this offense is just, it's amazing to watch its it throw up on itself time and time again, not be able to put points on the board. And, man, we don't have enough time in the day to have a Adrian Martinez conversation because yeah, it is fascinating to, yeah. to watch this dude. It's going to be one of the um, – statistically one of the all-time greats in the history of Nebraska, but also one of the most frustrating players in the history of Nebraska. Adrian Martinez is – much more like Taylor Martinez than I ever would have imagined. Totally. Athletic ability off the charts. Can do so much, but yet makes plays where you go, what are you doing? 
Yes. How did that happen? And how could you let that happen? Right? And it's not all his fault. You get all that. But um, when you, the offense relies on one player like it does, you're going to take a lot of the heat. And uh, Well, Schick, the, you, you, it's a great point on he's much more like Taylor Martinez than we think. In all reality, the only reason, and again, I'm so guilty of all this stuff, the only reason we don't associate those two together is because of their interviews. You can you can laugh at that if you want, you know what I mean. It's but true. it's true. Yeah, I mean, just the way he presents himself. Just the way he yeah. presents himself. People love him. People love Adrian Martinez. People never really knew Taylor Martinez. And and then right. the little snippets that you did get to know Taylor Martinez, he'd say things that were like, you know, his press conferences were obviously it was everything that you didn't expect a quarterback to sound like. What everything he said, all those things. And I'm trying to be nice with what I'm saying here. Taylor projected a certain vibe about him and that that makes you go, man, is this guy I don't know what what's what's this guy's deal, right? I like playing against road games. I mean, what? Like yeah, that that jives with poor decision making and turnovers and all those right, things. Like right. and then it also it doesn't I mean the fact that he changed position, he was brought as a defensive right. player, like but then you listen to Adrian and he checks like, every How box. could you how could you speak like this and play like that? Right. Honestly, that's I know that sounds really like oversimplistic and yeah. stupid and dumbed down, but I think that's why we all and there's also the fact that you have a Husker legend in Scott Frost. This is his hand-picked guy that he continues to tell you he is the D- he's this is the guy, this is the guy, this is the guy. So, he's got a I guess what I'm saying is Adrian whether it's his personality, how he presents himself and then also having the backing of a Husker quarterback legend puts him in a category in your brain that Taylor Martinez never was at because Bo Pelini, defensive guy. You, I mean, his blessing on a quarterback. Sean really, Watson. Sean right, Watson. Like, oh, what are you? Uh, I mean, you know. And then you'd listen to some of the stuff he'd say. You go, "What's up with this guy?" And so you're right. I mean, it's just Adrian Martinez, statistically off the charts. His, you know, how he presented himself off the charts. Honestly, I test athletically, pretty freaking impressive. But then you 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 watch the games and you go, "Wow." This the is most bizarre. frustratingly likable player in the history of Nebraska athletics, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's it's hard to watch, but he's such a good dude, and it's just so dude. conflicted. And, you, and, and he's a talented. Last case of emotion. Like, yeah, it's just, it's so good. Oh, it's, it's uh, amazing. By the way, in that vein, uh, Dylan Rayola was just offered by Ohio State this morning. So oh, I boy. mean, look, and he's got a Bama offer, right? And he's got a Bama offer, yeah. right? I mean, he's going to be. You just feel like he's going to be a stud. But again, what is the brochure at Nebraska? Come here. Look, we've developed. Well, we. <laughs> well, look at the court. Ah, uh, your dad played here. Well, honestly, it's it always gets to be tough when you have to go back 10 years to like, I mean, not 10. I mean, you got Mackenzie Milton and all that stuff. But you I mean, you'd have to be like, well, Marcus Mariota. And you're like. You mean the backup for the Raiders? You guys yeah. The guy that's already not like playing in the league? Like that guy? I mean. That's I mean, how old was Marcus Mariota? How old was Dylan Riola when Mariota was balling? You know, I mean, right. and and think about it too. Before we wrap up here, guys who are re- being recruited right now, seventeen-year-olds, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen-year-olds. What have they grown up in? Mm-hmm. An environment and in a college football world where Nebraska cannot win, doesn't win or doesn't matter. Right? Doesn't matter. 
a 16-year-old, 17-year-old now when he was five. That's 12 years ago. That's 2010, 9, 10. I mean, they, they were okay, but when he's in his formative years, it's not, you know, 15, 16, 17. Those, it's just not mattering. But you know who has mattered? Alabama, Ohio State, right. Georgia. What what is what are these kids growing up in? It just becomes uh, a real challenge to do anything with it, and um, I, it's really a tough deal. It's really a tough deal. What's going on there? And it's not uh, when he was hired four years ago. You never thought you'd see the day where you're three games left in year four, wondering who the next coach might be, who the next coach might be, and and start over again. This just if that sucks, happens. Matt. Start this hurts over so again. bad. I mean, it just it literally makes you it it makes you want to throw up. That the way Frost put it, you know, people are still mourning the uh, you know Scott uh, the Scott Frost dream that didn't come true. You know, and that's kind of what it potentially feels like. It's it's heading towards. Now you said, I mean, maybe maybe they catch lightning in a bottle. They 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 find a way to win two of these last three, or hell, let's get crazy and say they win these last three. But there's not a whole lot you can point to that would indicate that that's going to happen. Unbelievable, man. It's just yep. a, it's just unbelievable that this is where this is heading towards. Chicken Nick here. It is Husker football season. And, Nick, you know what goes great with Husker football? Tailgating? Yes, uh, that is correct. What else? Touchdowns? Yes, the, all, of, all of that, yes. Touchdowns as well. All of that is accurate. Uh, and uh, Husker football goes great with... FNBO, and now you can take both with you wherever you go. FNBO now has three new Husker Visa debit cards to choose from, free with any checking account. These are very cool designs. They've got the Nebraska Inn, one that says GBR, another one with the tribute to the black shirts, and better yet, as a Husker fan card holder, you are automatically entered to win VIP experiences, tickets, and behind-the-scenes opportunities to Husker sporting events. They also have Creighton Blue Jays and Omaha Mavericks cards as well. Plenty of options. Whatever school you pick for your debit card, you'll also get free checks with the university logo on them. And the great thing about FNBO, when you open a checking account, free checking is just that, free. No monthly service fee, no minimum deposit, and no minimum balance requirement. It's your money, so they let you keep it. Imagine that. Yep. FNBO has been around for more than 160 years. They will be there for you with 55,000 ATMs worldwide. It's a great mix of convenience and personalized exceptional service. If you're a fan of our show, please support those who support us. And we are thrilled to partner with FNBO. Visit FNBO.com slash Schick and Nick for more info. FNBO, member FDIC. Hey, let's do this uh, real quick. Just to pick me up here. This is what we do. Uh, no, it's not uh, Scotch Frost, although we will have to do some here in the coming weeks because you never know how much longer we're going to have to do that. But I tweeted this out yesterday, and thanks to Pat Safford with Herdat Media for putting the audiogram together. This past weekend, they did a uh, game day, did a retrospective on the 10-year anniversary of Lee Corso dropping an F-bomb during college game day. And that wasn't the advent of it, but it was that day that we talked about it, that Monday on the Chick and Nick show on 1620 The Zone in Omaha. We talked about it and then did an off-color commentary uh, after that. But 
uh, we tweeted out the Schick and Nick uh, Twitter account. By the way, follow the Twitter account at Schick Nick Show. We tweet out a bunch of stuff throughout the week. Tweeted out what we did with that that Monday. And it's just about a minute and a half here. Let's go back and listen to uh, how we handled Lee Corso uh, that Monday. Right before the 11 o'clock window opens, Lee Corso makes his predictions, and his final one is has to do with the teams that are playing in the, on the site. They're site at. They're at, yep. And they were at SMU Houston. They were in Houston. And Lee Corso picks up an SMU megaphone and starts to, you know, does the bait and switch, starts to talk into it, doesn't, and then throws it on the ground, and then drops an F-bomb. Look at that one there. <laughs> Red, white, and blue. USA. <laughs> And then they made him apologize. Lee Corso had to apologize. He knew it was coming, and he's reading from a script. And whoever, I mean, it just... Earlier today on College Game Day, while picking the SMU Houston game, I got a bit excited and used an expedive I shouldn't have used. I apologize, and I can promise it won't happen again. Now, that's just... Seriously, Lee... Now we, gotta re- now we have to do a whole an apology for the apology. Who put the F-bomb in the apology? We told you if you put it in there, he will read it. Corso will read anything. <laughs> That's really unfortunate. But, there should know, be like an apology saying, hat. He should be like, I'm apologizing. <laughs> put on a hat. Go with apology. Should we go with a statement or off the cuff? I'm going with a statement. <laughs> Puts it on his head. <laughs> what, is, what is happening? Why would he do that? He's mean apology hat for him. Oh, that was so good. That was <laughs> Listen to that yesterday on die. That's great. Just the idea. Just the idea that he would have a hat that had apology or statement or what. I'm going with apology. Oh, I was going with the apology hat. Didn't we also do something with Lee Corso going to like a restaurant? Yes. Yes. Where and it was it like was, super Are we salad. going Mozzie sticks yeah. or onion rings? And he puts on the onion. The, <laughs> I'm going with Mozzie sticks. Every, every, every situation in Lee Corso's life when, he's, when he has an either or, he's handed two hats and that's how he makes his decision. <laughs> that, that visual is so good. Him at like Applebee's ordering, <laughs> ordering some Mozzie sticks with a Mozzie stick hat. I, I, I love it. It's amazing. That's great. Look, uh, hey, we're here for you uh, throughout this. Hey, it doesn't mean wins or losses have never impacted uh, the Chicken Nick podcast nah. or the Chicken Nick show in years past. Uh, we are here. The show doesn't change. I don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah. But today, uh, happy Halloween. This podcast, this episode is over. I'm not happy about that. Chicken Nick. Yeah. Chicken Nick. Yeah. Chicken Nick show. Yeah. Here we go. What in the world? Yeah. What in the world? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Ramir off to his right. Snap back. Adrian holding, looking, stepping, throwing passes, intercepted, oh, no. picked off. Running down is Jalen Graham to the 25 to the 20, 10, 5. He scores. It's a pick six for Purdue. I'm fed up. This is big red football. <laughs> 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 A Huda Media Production.